when we did the TV show, I had never done TV, and the the sleazy reality TV producers taught me some tricks. Most of their tricks were super unethical, and I was like, I'm not going to do that. But the one trick was always have the cameras rolling because you never know what might happen. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I believe yep. in that. My, um, mm-hmm. my background before I started any of this entertainment nonsense, I was in music. I was just a musician. Okay. And um, in the studio, uh, I was doing, like, <clears throat> background vocals for stuff. And, like, those... The engineer, me and him were good friends, and he would always, like, get me to talk while I'm in the booth. He would ask me questions, and I would, like, respond, and then he would, like, record the stuff I'm saying. Or, like, I'm singing to myself, and he would record me singing to myself. And then when we actually got to work on my project, he would throw that stuff in there. See? Because that's often the best stuff. Like, when you don't know that anyone's listening, that's the gold. Yeah. Yeah. Initiating the... System one noted. Ladies and gentlemen, the following episode is a creep cast and it's unedited. So it's raunchy as fuck. I am the social media extraordinaire that it you need to get fame black. And I'm here with a very special guest. Like you don't even she doesn't even know how thrilled I am to have her on the show. The host of the American Sex Podcast, Sunny Megatron. Yay! Wow, you you would sound so professional and like exciting. I was expecting to hear cheers. Like that was a great intro. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you. I Yay. try. I like. I I would love to have my own show and stuff, but I I would be very complacent if they gave me like late night with Fame Black or something like this. You know, I could easily mm-hmm. do talk show behavior. I could easily do that like hosting gig with a smile every night. Nice, nice. Very cool. Well, I'm excited that you asked me to be on your podcast. I'm excited that you said yes, because you are, you are shooting through the roof. American Sex Podcast is like the shit. Uh, tell the people a little bit about what you do. Yay! Okay, so I am an adult sexuality educator. Um, edutainer, actually. So, yes, I teach things that are relevant, and I have training it's my own self-study training I actually have a degree in marketing Um, but I teach classes normally my husband and I we teach classes on anything from how to give a better blowjob to how to get kinky to really advanced kink stuff like electric play and uh, uh, abduction and interrogation and all sorts of things so I do that yeah I do that I also uh, had a TV show on Showtime called Sex with Sunny Megatron and it was kind of like if you were to cross remember HBO's Real Sex yes I do so kind of like HBO's Real Sex with maybe a little bit of like Penn and Teller bullshit vibe love that show as well yeah yeah so that's that's on Showtime you can binge watch it four hours whole first season so um, and now we have American Sex Podcast so it's sort of an extension of kind of where the TV show left off. I was lucky enough to be really involved in the TV show. I was an executive producer. I was involved in casting. I did writing. Like, it was really my baby, which was awesome. Very nice. And our podcast has a really eclectic mix of guests 
people from all walks of life, and it has to do with sex and sexuality in America. So we've had people on from, you know, the grapefruit lady, Auntie Angel? Oh, yeah. Grapefruit. Yeah, so we've had her on. We've also had former Surgeon General Dr. Joyce Lynn Elders on. So we can get silly, and we can be, like, really serious and seem professional, and you know, so it's the whole spectrum anywhere in between and when we talk about sex like we're funny i mean i have to say we're funny we're not professional comedians but we're not just educators we're edutainers you learn stuff and you feel like you're being entertained and you don't even realize you've absorbed stuff right. so that's, that's the best way I to do. do it exactly that's how yeah that i yeah that's my whole thing too i love to educate people on things they didn't know but i don't want to be like hey i'm the guy that educates you on things you didn't know i like to talk about stuff and throw it in there and while you're entranced in the story you picked up something to learn and take exactly home. exactly so that's what we do um so it's it's again myself and my husband ken milvoinberg and he's also a sexual sexuality educator and it's just fun we love doing this oh, i i imagine so and i've listened to quite a few episodes now i've been subscribed and and you guys do giveaways, and I, I love it. Like, I just, it was so fun for me to, like, I reached you on Snapchat, and I didn't know who you were or anything. I was just expanding my Snapchat following, because I have, I have quite a bit of followers on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, me just reaching out, saying, hey, listen, watch me do my funny stuff. Watch my, you know, watch me talk about WCW stories. And you were just like, hey, while I'm doing that, listen to this podcast. And I was like, oh, man, I can't put this down. So. Yay! <laughs> that makes me happy. Right. So, like, you coming on is, is a big is a big win for me as well. Aw. Um, thank you. Initially, I wanted to bring you on because um, one, I I don't I've never had uh, any female guest on so far in the podcast. I have not. What? Had, yeah, I'm it's not. It's 2018. <laughs> well, Come on is, now. This is only episode 16. Ah. <laughs> uh. Only episode 16. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep going. I've given you the side eye now. You know that's, that. Right? I know. Well, I, I would think you'd be honored to come in and be the first female <laughs> guest to come in and kill it. But, All um, right. All right. I'll give you that. <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, you know, we started this, uh, we, we started this 16 episodes ago, and the creep cast is every fourth episode. So this is only the fourth creep cast. Ooh. Right. So, th- I mean, we're still early on. We're still babies. We're still... We're still Rocking it out, so I'm I'm honored to have you on for that as well. So you get to you get to break so a couple cherries at once. Initially, Ooh. I wanted to talk to you about um, phone sex and outdoor sex, and kind of just bring up like because I was talking to some friends and I had some funny stories about you know uh, I don't think that phone sex is cool. Like I I've, I've never had any good experiences that kind of thing and wacky experiences and jokes that we could talk about outdoor sex, but then. More, I was doing a lot of reading today and yesterday, and there's so much going on. And I, I, I noticed you were doing a little sample of it. This a season sorry thing mm-hmm. <laughs> um, has really, it, it's really starting a conversation. It's really starting a conversation about you know what is and what is not sexual assault. But while a lot of people are like, well, that's not sexual assault, and kind of wave it off. Uh, a lot of people saying no. There's there's a little bit more to be talked about his sexual behavior, right? And um, I know there's a lot of you know once once the burden of he is he going to jail was done, a lot of people kind of signed off. And I was wondering if you could expand a little bit upon what there is more to be learned from that. 
Absolutely. You know, I think that, and I'm not going to sit here and pick apart like exactly what he did or exactly what she did. Right. I'm, I'm going to look at the big picture that this is a really common interaction between men and women in a dating situation. Most women have been some kind of grace and most men have been some kind of disease. It, it's what we consider a normal part of dating. Is it right? No. Right. However, our bar has been really low. Right? <laughs> our, our bar has been like, well, you know, he didn't pin me down and punch me and give me a black eye and and, and so, finally so it must be okay. Me. Yeah, it must exactly. Be fine. Obviously, it was consensual because he didn't like scratch you up. Exactly, and that's a really low bar. Like, I didn't come home with a black eye, and I don't need to do a rape kit at the hospital. Is a super low bar, you know. <laughs> um, and we've been raised in a society that just tells us, you know, when when dads talk to their sons and they're having the talk, it's oftentimes like, you know, kid, don't get her pregnant, wear a condom. And then a lot of the advice is like, you know, and she's probably going to say no and, you know, just keep trying different things and try to grab a boob and try. That's how boys are socialized. And, you know, it's like keep pushing, keep trying. You know, like when you're a little kid, you're like, Mom, can I have a cookie? No. You try everything. Please, you can. Look, please, you know, please, 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 please. Can I have a cookie please. now? Look at how cute I'm being now. Can I have right. a cookie? You know, and, and boys have been socialized to look at sex at the same, is in the same way. And women have often been socialized, and things are starting to change. Like, I'm older. A lot of people are like, you're 20-something. I'm 46, which... Lies. Lies. Yeah, I'm 46. I'm 46. Blasphemy. Continue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have a a lot of me that just won't crack, which that's great. So, um, we were raised, and again, I hope it's changing a bit, but it was, you know, you're supposed to say no, and even if you want to fuck... Still say no a few times because, like, you don't want to look easy. You don't just earn want... it, right? Exactly. So now we have this this norm that we've created that really does push people into a gray area sexual assault. Like some people call it sexual assault, some people don't. Some people call it rape, some people don't. To me, it doesn't matter what you call it. What matters is there is a way for you to get fucked with a person who wants to fuck you both in the <laughs> way that you want to be fucked like it's it's really not that hard to figure out but because it's about sex we get all like whoa we can't talk about that oh my god i don't know how to do this <laughs> like we we fake ourselves out and it's like if you really sit back take a deep breath and be like yeah you're talking about sex but it's no big deal you know look at it as you would like ordering a pizza with someone let's say Ooh, like I love hey pizza. hey fame yeah you know, I'm kind of hungry. Do you want to order a pizza? I do want to order a pizza. Cool. So I don't like meat on my pizza. <gasps> are Are you cool with that? Uh, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Can we do but half? Not, can we do half meat? Yeah. Okay, we'll do half meat. That works. You know, and so, and I'm not going to keep going, but you get the idea. Like, right. we're each one. We agreed that we both want pizza. Like, we could still go to the pizza place, and maybe I could get like cheese sticks you know or something absolutely and so if we if we like get all of the stuff in the the hang-ups we have about sex and the nervousness and how do we talk about this and we just approach it like anything else it's not hard to have a conversation and treat someone like a human being and make sure that everybody gets out of it what they want as long as they agree they want something like maybe i want to fuck but you just want a blowjob 
Mm. But I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to just get, like, I want to get something. Right. But maybe for whatever reason, you don't want to fuck. Right. You know, maybe you could finger me while I blow you. Maybe I could get out my vibrator and, you Lots know, play with my compromise. Exactly. Instead of you just going, what? I just want to get my dick sucked and I don't care what you want. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or vice versa. And I'm not saying it's always men that do this. And, right. that, you know, there there are times or that it's always a heterosexual situation. There can oh, right, be all right. sorts of different configurations. Absolutely. How, however... The way we've been raised to be women and the way we've been raised to be men plays a lot into that. You know, men are used to getting what they want and being on top. And there's there's all these other things outside of sex that play into that as well. But so, yeah, that's where we are. So, like, with the (laughs) Aziz thing, do I think that he should go to prison? No, because most guys have been Aziz. (laughs) Right. And does that mean it's right because most guys have been as No. No. However, it means we got a big conversation. We all have to have, like, we all have to work on changing stuff. And there are also reasons why women don't speak up. There are valid reasons. You know, people go, why didn't she just clearly say no and stomp her feet and walk out the door? There's a lot of reasons. Yeah. You know, because we're socialized as women. We're taught to placate. We're taught to... You know, like, why did she give him a blowjob if she didn't want to do anything? And it may not be a conscious thought process. A lot of it is kind of subconscious autopilot. But oftentimes we think like, okay, he keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. I've been in situations like this before where it turns violent and it goes to a place I really don't want it to go. Right. So if I compromise and I give you a blowjob, it's a miserable blowjob, and I don't really want to be doing it, but at least I'm still kind of in control of the outcome. Right, and nothing I know has to escalate. Exactly. So a Which lot is a of, terrible way to look at it. It is a terrible way to look at it. It happens all the time. It's not right, but those are some of the reasons why. Or because of other you know, prior traumas and whatnot, we could open our mouths and the words just don't come out. We freeze up. Mm. And, you know, as... In those heterodating situations, men and women, men kind of, you know, you guys have been on top for pretty much everything. Like, you run, you run the roost, you, you run the world, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it isn't really a 50-50 give and take. Like, when it comes to, to men-women dating situations, you have to realize, and I'm not, I don't mean you, fame, oh, I know, dick, but no, you know I what know. I mean, you, the generic <laughs> you, um, have to realize that yeah, women don't feel comfortable speaking up. So you might have to like kind of couch our feelings a little bit. Or if you ask us like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, um, whatever, that's fine. Like maybe ask again or maybe give an out. Like, hey, do you want to do X, Y, Z? And if you don't, we could do blah, blah, blah instead. That kind of gives us an out like it's okay. Right. So even if you feel like you have to like, kind of baby our feelings or take us by the hand and walk us to, you know, options, you might have to do that because you would do that to anyone else who's been traumatized, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I hate comparing people to animals, but like, if you have a dog that's been beaten and kicked, you're not just going to be like, here's a treat, come on, run over here, why aren't you right. running over to me? You're going to be like, oh, come on, you know, you're going to help right. along a little. Right, right, it's exactly. The same sort of thing.
thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand. Uh, even if they've been, you know, people are like, well, you know, I've been raised a certain way, or I think a certain way, or I've been this way. Like, you know, back in the fifties. You know, if if you had a, a a movie scene where a man slapped a woman, it was like, well, that was for her own good. She was clearly hysterical. You know, and if you did that in a 2018 movie, it's like, ooh, this movie is about domestic violence. This guy is right. a, a terrible person. But also, if you do this in 2018, there are times where that's perfectly okay, but what you don't realize is ahead of time, we've negotiated. Can I slap you? How hard can I slap you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you into slapping? Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm reminded, you know, what's funny is I was, I was kind of having some, a very similar strain of conversation like this, and I was, I was brought up... Um, Baby, it's cold outside. The old oh, winter. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and there's a lot of people like, well, you know, don't you know that's like the rape song of you know Christmas? And I always looked at it, and I always looked at it, ever since I heard it, um, and maybe because the first time I heard it, I saw Katy Perry do it on stage with, uh, I believe, uh, Tony Bennett. Um, right. And uh, yeah, and I always the way I always heard the song and all the way I always pictured it was like. She's in on it. The girl is like, I want to fuck too, but I can't have people out in these streets calling me a slut. And he was like, well, you know, let's just tell them like it was cold and like everything was crazy. And, uh, you know, let's just say like, I I would feel bad leaving you out there. I didn't know if you would freeze to death. And she's like, oh, well, you know, that's kind of, well, maybe I'll stay a little longer then. And maybe the snow can pile up. And I can have a good excuse. like Right, right. And it's, it's interesting to me because when I heard people going, oh, my God, it's the rape song. <laughs> in a way that made me happy because it's younger. It's people who are millennials or younger that see that as a rape song, which to me is a great thing because I'm like, we've changed the way we think as a society. Oh, yeah. But when the song was written, like I'm a Gen Xer. I grew up with my grandparents serving the roles, and they were like World War II era, so I heard all of the old songs and shit, you know. <laughs> and it was the same thing. It, it was at that time meant to be a song of like, she is expressing her sexual agency and saying, you know, because she can't come out and say, yeah, I want to fuck, because she has to worry about, am I, is everyone going to talk about me? So I have to make these excuses and I I need you to kind of help me. Right. Because I'm actually taking the reins and saying, I want to fuck you. And it's like, it makes me happy that people today can't even relate to like, what? I don't understand that because it does show me we're changing. But yeah, when the song was written, it was actually, it was her being like empowered, you know, (laughs) which is way different than we see it now. Right. Uh, I also compare that to, like, I've been in this situation, um, you know, the quick gloss over. It was after a show that I performed in, so she was kind of, like, hyped up on the adrenaline of the show situation, and uh, she, this me and this girl were in my hotel, and we were, like, kissing and, you know, making out, and she, she was like, oh, you know, she pulled away, and I'm like, everything cool? And she's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, maybe... Two minutes later, she's kissing me again. We're going at it real heavy. And then, like, I go to make a little move, and she pulls away. So nothing happens. All right? Like, I'm like, uh, okay, this, is, this chick is weirding me out. I'm tired. I'm high. I'm going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day, we're talking. We're, we're texting each other. And I'm like, oh, you know, I had fun last night. And she was like, I could have had more fun if you had just went for it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, how am I supposed to, you know, 
take my chances on the off chance that you like being, uh, you know, forced down. Like, I, I can't, I can't run that risk. And I was in, like, Oklahoma, like a black Mexican man in Oklahoma trying to pull yeah. something. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I saved my coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and there, there's a lot of things that play there. You know, one, I found, and I went through this, as a woman growing up with that environment where kind of every guy I dated was like an Aziz, you know, I, I never had the chance to figure out what I actually wanted. Right. You know, I, I, I like if, if someone's like, do you like this sex act or that sex act? It's like, you mean I get to choose? Like, I'm not <laughs> doing it for someone. What? Like, and it took me like a few years to kind of get right with that and figure out what my fantasies really were and what I really liked and what I didn't like. And there's something called a yes, no, maybe list, which sounds like, what do you mean I got to write my sex shit down on paper? This is way too, you know, administrative. <laughs> but it helps, you know, unless you have like an administration fetish or something. I know some people who have uh, fetishes for spreadsheets, so that's a whole other subject. Ooh, but, paperwork. Yeah. Um, but it, it, basically, a yes, no, maybe list is a list of a bunch of different sexual activities. And it's originally meant to, like, if you're negotiating with a partner, like, what do we want to do together? Like, if we were ordering a pizza, we could kind of write it down on paper. Um, but I like these for for people to do themselves. So you can sit down and be like, thinking, hmm, would I like that? Would I hate that? Or is that a maybe? Which is like maybe under the right circumstances with the right person, I'd be willing to try it. So you kind of go through everything with yourself in your own mind. Like, I want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to do that. I don't want to do that. And and if, for example, the girl you were with could have gotten to the point of being self-aware enough to be like, I'm into it. When, you know, someone's maybe not for, like some people are into be, like being forced. Like, right. you know, they call I mean, that cons- Consensual it's, non-consent. They want to say no, no, but they really mean yes, yes, and right. it's part of the and that, and, that ended up, and that ended up being like her thing. Like she wanted me to like take her down, and like right. that was her bit. So my dream is that eventually everyone grows up in a world, or at least a country, you know, in the United States, let's say, that when you're in school, you're not just taught like this is the fallopian tube, and you know, if you have that much sex ed, depending on where you live. But you're taught about like having sexual agency. You're taught about there are all sorts of different types of sex you could like or not like and, you know, behaviors and sex you could like or not like. And before you actually get to the point of having sex to someone or with someone, you've thought about it and you've, you know, gotten comfortable with your own fantasy. So imagine if she was self-aware enough to do that exploration and had the communication tools to say to you while you were making out or even before you started making out like, hey, I really dig being forced, you know, and then you'd be like, what do you mean being forced? Like, you know, like I'm kind of like, no, no, and you you coerce me. And then, you, you know, the conversation might go, you say, okay, so what do you mean? Do you want me to just like verbally kind of coerce you and then you go along with it? Or do you want me to like hit you and, and hold you down and fight with you? Oh, no, I want you to like hit me and da okay, what kind of hitting is okay? Is it like light hitting? Can I leave bruises? Can I hit you in the face? Can I spank your ass? You know, what does this look like? And then, and you've learned how to safely hit someone. You know, you're not going to go off and punch her in the kidneys because she might end up in the emergency room and none of that's sexy. (laughs) You know, so, so you've learned how to, how to hit someone in a sex sense where it's fun and not, you know, or if it's painful, it's the fun kind of pain, not the go to the ER kind of pain. And you've all done this work ahead of time. 
so when you have this sexual encounter, you're both living what your fantasy is. That's awesome. And I, my dream is everyone will be able to be comfortable enough and have the tools enough to be able to do something like that. I also, I agree with that, like, 100 percent. Like, that sounds like a really cool thing. Like, I feel I lucked out in situations like that because, one, the person who taught me about sex was a woman, was an older mm-hmm. woman. And uh, she was, like, and I'm, and the, the combination of that and me being very vain, because it's like, if you're not interested in fucking me, I'm not interested in fucking you. <laughs> right. So it's like, and it's like, if you're interested in fucking me, you better tell me. I don't, I don't play this subtle shit. Like, you better right. tell me. So I lust out, because I know a lot of guys that are like, yeah, what? The disease thing, that's like what I do. What's like normal shit? I'm like, no, that's not normal shit. Or it shouldn't be normal shit. This is, right. And, that, and you're... You're committing sexual assault. And a lot of people are like, whoa, like right. I would never admit. But I'm sorry, most of us, and I'm not just saying men, most of us have at least violated somebody's consent in some way. Yeah, I, we've I would all definitely agree. We've done it. We have all done it. And just because we've all done it doesn't mean it's right. But like, we have to get past the ego of going, oh, not me, man. I'm not a rapist. I'm not a consent violator. It's like... You know what? You did it. Does that mean you should burn in hell and you'll never get fucked again? No, but you have to accept the fact that, like, we've all made mistakes. We've all fucked up, even if it's in a, you know, quote unquote, minor way. Right. It's happened. There's a lot of comparative suffering going on. There's a lot of, mm -hmm. well, at least I did, at least, you know, a lot of people were talking about uh, Louis C.K., you know. Yeah. That was the first time that I had heard, oh, well, what he did isn't that bad. He didn't rape anybody. He just pulled his dick out. As if, like, that makes in a situation any easier to deal with. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I mean, it all comes down to you're violating my consent. Because a dick didn't go into a pussy, it's okay. You have violated my consent. You've made me feel just... You know, like, Ugh, I want to go take a shower. Right. Right? That it's still, you know, emotionally, you're in the same territory. And it's not cool to do. And I'm sorry, we live in 2018. Everyone's got the internet. And there's some big old freaks out there. And I mean freak as a term of endearment because I'm one too. <laughs> no matter what you're into, you can find someone who's into that. Absolutely. Like, I don't care if you're into fucking, you know lemon iced bunt cakes you will find somebody that's into that too and you can fuck bunt cakes together like you know <laughs> it's, it's, it's like we live in the most easy time for that and i don't know absolutely like i i admire um you know when i hear stories about like the olden gay community and they're like yeah, we had different signals and codes and things to say or things to, to like, winks and handshakes. And I'm like, well, this is like the organized, the Underground Railroad, uh, <laughs> you know, for sucking penis. Like, how, like, I couldn't imagine being in a world where it's like they would, you know, kill you or hurt you or whatever just for, you know, they found out what you were. So you had to, but you still wanted to get fucked. So you had to go and, and test right. the water and see who else is gay or right. Like, that is insane. And there's no internet to say, like, hey, these are the gay signs. These are the gay spots. 
Like you had to hear from word of mouth, like right, yeah, yeah. Where, like the hanky code. Where are the friendly men at? You know, like yeah, that, you know, you had like that is insane to me. And, right. And I imagine that a, a transgender community, even like you know, going back another thirty, forty years, had to be even worse. Even had to be even like harder to find, even more right. exclusive of a club. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I just I just think about like you know that that kind of connection. That's pretty. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I've often said that, like, I consider myself part of the BDSM community, which is bondage and discipline, domination and submission and sadomasochism. So I do some freaky shit. I do knife play. I make people bleed. I fuck with their head. Like, some heavy shit that most people are like, nah, that's too much for, you know, it's not just a little spanky, spanky with a hairbrush. Like, I do some fucked up shit, right? But, uh, yeah, it's kind of intense but i can see the way you like had this <laughs> like you did your own chopping through you were like i'm into some fucked up shit whoa yeah, yeah all right continue but the thing about the bdsm community that i think is awesome is we are super consent-minded we have ways of neg- like there are certain protocols you take to negotiate with someone because when you're doing something that could if you did something wrong kill somebody you need to talk about that shit, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And in if if things that you do, maybe they can't kill somebody, but unless you know they have consented 110% to whatever you're doing, you could fuck them up psychologically if you start doing some something really, really intense. And they're like, I didn't want that to happen. Well, now, you know, someone's in therapy for an additional year or whatever, you know? <laughs> right. So... So, and I'm not saying that the BDSM community is perfect. People still have consent violations. There are still people who purposely, you know, are manipulators or predators or whatever. But at least we're a a step ahead of everybody else. You know, if you go to a BDSM meetup, let's just say it's a meet and greet. Nobody's actually playing. It's just like you're meeting people and having a few drinks. Someone will like, you know how you put your hand on someone's shoulder to just be like, hey, you know, as like a, a friendly caress or whatever. Right. In the BDSM community, there might be someone who, like, starts to put their hand up, and they'll be like, oh, is it okay if I touch your shoulder? Sure. Wow. You know, is it okay if I hug you? Sure. Like, in the BDSM community, you don't touch somebody, even a, in, even in a very casual setting, without just saying, like, hey, it's cool, I touch you. I mean, some people don't like to be touched. Some people hate being hugged, and everyone's coming in for a hug, and you're like, don't fucking touch me, I hate hugging. <laughs> but I live in a society where everyone's got a hug, and I fucking hate it. Wouldn't it be great if someone's like, oh, hey, nice to meet you, or is it okay if I hug you? And, and and if you said no, they wouldn't look at you like you're the weirdo anti-hugger. They'd just be like, cool, okay, I won't hug you. You know, like... <laughs> So if we could all live our lives like that or have our sex like that, whether we're kinky or not, I think we'd be a lot far ahead of where we are now. I, I agree. Like that's, I mean, very well said. But I'm not surprised. Like I know what you do. So yeah. <laughs> I, I know that you were going to tie it together and put a nice bow on it and make it very understandable for everybody to hear. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's, lighten, let's lighten the mood a little bit and talk about something fun. Like, yeah, this was kind of intense. Right. Well, I wanted it to be intense. Now I'm a rapist. Thanks, Fame Black. <laughs> All right. So right. let's make them feel not like rapists now. All right. <laughs> well, I was having a conversation. Um, it's like all, all my podcast topics come from random conversations I have. Uh, I was talking about Disney. I was like, let's like the movie. Let's talk about Disney. And mm-hmm. I'm realizing 
you know, I was talking about Disney movies, and I'm realizing there's a little bit of, I mean, there's a way fucked up side to Disney. I mean, we don't, we're not going to talk <laughs> yep. about songs of the South or anything like that. But what I thought was interesting is how Jasmine is about 14 years old, mm-hmm. and Pocahontas is about 13 years old, and uh, Ariel is 15 years old, and what, like, and these girls get married by the end of their film to mm-hmm. much older men. And I'm thinking, like, these movies came out in 1989, 1992, 1995. Like, how is this able to go under the radar? You know, well, first of all, <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's so many answers there. I mean, that's what, it's normal, you know, like... The old dude with the the young, you know, barely not even a teenager anymore, or still a teenager girl. Like these okay. girls aren't even like seventeen. Like about like you know to to make it even closer to the age of consent. And we're talking about like Pocahontas, like Ariel celebrating her fifteenth birthday, mm-hmm. <laughs> and nobody bats an eye that later on in the movie. First of all, she changes for a man. Which is hilarious. Like, she changes right. her whole... And it works out. You know, like, that's the moral of the story. It's sell your soul. And, you know, if, if the girl is evil... If the witch that you made the deal with is evil enough, shit will work out on its own. Right. Uh, right. That's, that's the moral. But nobody bats in... Like, you know, the same way that people get all upset when... Um, uh, what's that little girl? She played in uh, that Hitman movie. Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah. The same way people... Oh, my God. She's exposed to all this craziness because she's a young girl. Well, she's... The same, like I guess, because it's a cartoon girl. But at the same time, it's like, what are we, what are we telling older men that it's okay to do? Right, and and moreover, what are we telling young girls who are looking up to these Disney princesses? Oh, I didn't. Wow, that's a that's a good spin too. I didn't. Even yeah, see yeah, like. You know, I look at these Disney movies, I'm like, okay, like you said, it's like, if you change yourself for the man, everything will be great, you'll right. get married off at 15, you'll be, I mean, there's, I'm like, why are we showing this to young girls who are like, ow! Like, I, I, if the movie came out, like, if that was, like, the, the plot of Snow White, where she doesn't do anything, and she's just nice, and she cooks pies or whatever, and she, you know, gets picked up and she marries the Prince Charming just because she wanted to. She doesn't really do anything. And that was like an era of Disney where the girls really didn't do anything. They were just like the 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 prize at the end. Right. The, the pussy reward for slaying the dragon. Or, in, uh, you know, Snow White's case, kissing a stranger. Right. Mm-hmm. So, 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 I mean, I could understand if it came out then and you could say, like, well, that was the type of thing. Jerry Lee Lewis is marrying a 13-year-old cousin, so it was part of the time. Whereas these are older, you know, these are more recent movies that are right. still pushing the same agenda, I thought was Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, like, no, because I've heard lots of things pointed out in Disney movies. Yeah, everybody talks about one that I haven't heard. That's one I haven't heard, and it's like, I bet you it does come from, like, that's still, I'm not, and I, it's not normal, but it's normalized. Like, it's so ingrained in our culture, people don't even go, like, holy fuck, she's 15, what? Like, and I'm like, sure, you know I'm what? sure Belle, the prisoner, the, uh, the Stockholm Syndrome situation, I'm sure that she's no older. Yeah, yeah. But you know what would be funny, or not funny, not haha funny, <laughs> but you know, funny, like this is fucked up funny, is if it were an older, like let's say it's like Ursula, you know, from The Little Mermaid. With a lad. Right, or goes and gets herself like a 15-year-old boy, everyone would be like, oh, what's happening? Like, 
but we, yeah, when it's men and men who are older, nobody notices because <laughs> it's normal. Yeah, and also though, like there's been um, how they like look on Pornhub or whatever to see like what's the most popular porn, and consistently the like barely legal, you know, eighteen. That is consistently like one of the most highest performing. <clears throat> porn categories year after year after year after year i mean i get it i i understand like well you know barely legal like just 18 like in my personal life that wouldn't excite me because she'd be mm-hmm. like i just turned 18 and i'd be like you don't know shit about shit right she wouldn't know how to switch <laughs> right <laughs> like i understand the concept the allure it's the same thing i say about they like oh when i die i get 72 virgins i'm like yeah that's 72 chicks that don't know what to do Thank you. That's yeah. seven, that's seventy two. Ah, uh, no, too deep. Uh, uh, I don't want to like this is. Mm. Yeah, seventy two of that. No, I'm not doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anyone who's listening, if you're a virgin, we're not trying to virgin shame you. You're no. cool, but <laughs> I think it's just like the allure of like, ooh, right? Like, like, like it's ooh, uh, like it still has that brand new pussy smell. Like, what is that? <laughs> right, like driving a new car off the lot. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, give me an old pussy, and I'll just get new pussy smell spray and spray it on. Like, <laughs> just. I just take that. I take the old pussy in for the tune-up. You know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know what that is like. And also, it's funny because I was on another podcast and we we were talking about incest fantasies, and not to like say incest is cool because it's not. Right. But again, one of the highest performing porn categories. Absolutely. That is now when I when I log on to X videos because that's my yeah. They're the first ones to be like when I click best videos. It's always mommy catches son daddy yes. catches daughter mm-hmm. and i'm like well there's a bunch of family fuckers or at least everybody's thinking about it you know and, and it's a big difference yeah i think that like i mean normally when people have certain fetishes or certain you know things fantasies that they think are really hot that are taboo what we naturally do like psychologically it's the taboo it's the thing you can't have that you're not supposed to do that turns you on the most right so it's like okay i get it like oh you know oh daddy show me you know or whatever (laughs) but i found also a lot of those people who find the incest stuff really hot are like oh no but fuck no I never do that I don't want to really fuck my dad or like I never do that in real life so I guess it's a case of like there are some things that are fantasies and they're totally hot but they're kept fantasies like for me one of my fantasies I'll confess to you so normally I in BDSM I'm a dominant I do the hitting I do the I'm you know I do all that stuff surprise surprise (laughs) I, I don't like being submissive I hate bondage I hate being tied up. I hate being restrained. Like, I get panicky. Like, it's just, you know, like how some people get claustrophobic. Yeah. However, when I'm fantasizing, I fantasize about being tied up. And it's hot. It's hot when I'm fantasizing about it. But if anyone tries to do it to me in real life, like, I panic. And I'm like, this is the worst thing. There's nothing good about this. So it's like, there's a huge disconnect from what my fantasies are to what I want to do in real life. And I'm cool. Now I realize, like, because I try doing it, like, well, I fantasize about this all the time. It's really hot in my head. And I did it, and I was like, let me go. This is awful. 
But yeah, I just realized there's some things that are just hot as a fantasy that right. in real life will never be hot. Right. And okay. That's just the way we are. So, all right, let's close on this. And this is a good transition. Speaking about things that may be hot to fantasize about, may not be hot in real life. However, I beg to differ. These new sex robots, the sex robot craze, um, People are really, like, I, f- I find that people are against them. Uh, they got, I think it's a personal thing. I think they're just lashing out at iRobot. Uh, and my advice, my first and foremost piece of advice would be get, you know, second, third generation. You don't want to be part of the initial lineup of the fuck-ups from these robots. But in, oh, my, yeah. in my research, <laughs> you didn't think about that, did you? Uh, yeah. In my research, though, I found, like, they're doing a lot of technology as far as, like, sensitivity uh of of what you can do to it and what happens when you do certain things to it like if you are saying nasty things or sweet things in its ear while you're like touching its nipple or fingering it it can come it can have a robotic orgasm yeah warm up and gush out and like a lot of people say oh you know would you would you lube it up do you have to lube it up like they have the ones where you know once you're let her know you're in the mood she gets wet for you right and uh, people, you know, the people I've, I've heard also people say, oh, I'm comparing it to fucking a dead body, basically. And I'm like, listen, there are things that mechanical penises can do that real penises can't do. And there's right. no reason to believe that this mechanical pussy will be able to do things that real pussies can't do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just think there's, I mean, I said if I was to get one, it would be for practice. I'd be right. able to try out new moves and, you know, not embarrass myself. I mean, there's all different kinds of sex, and sex can be separated from love. Like, I'm not falling in love with my rabbit vibrator. Like, it's just getting me off at face value. That's what it is. It's good to fuck. Like, doesn't mean any more than that. And it's like, if I can have my rabbit vibrator and it's good to fuck, something that looks more human could be good to fuck, too. Like, you know, who am I to say? I mean, they're really stacking the deck. I mean, this thing has giant titties, the giant ass. And uh, in my research, I found out like they got the mechanics of the head and neck and the lips working. Like, this yeah. is a you head. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, I would extreme. Be a little, I would be a little afraid, though, to stick my dick in something. I mean, not that I have a dick, but if I had a dick. <laughs> well, I have lots of dicks. They're just not my real dick. So you but, don't feel those. Exactly. Oh, God. I'm waiting for them to make a strap on that I could feel like it's my dick. That would be the best thing. That might one be, of these days. That might be coming. That might be coming up with all this new technology. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. But, you know, if I had a dick, I don't know if I'd stick it. You know, mechanics mess up. Like, what if that thing just clamps down and then you can't get your dick out? Right. I mean, like I said, that's why you need to get second, third generation. Because those first ones, you don't want to be part of that. Uh, you, want them, you want them to work out the kinks. Yes, that is true. That is true. <laughs> While you're trying to work out your kinks, you want them to work out the kinks first. Exactly, yes. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know, man. I look at a lot of those things like, you know, th- some people look at them for bad and good and things to fuck and things like that. Like, I I kind of, I'm more on the way positive side. Like, maybe if a dude that was, like, unattractive or just, you know, not charismatic or whatever, whatever reason he's unlucky with the ladies... 
and maybe he's one of those creeper dudes that like pulls his dick out in shopping malls. Maybe that dude goes away because he put 2K into this fuck machine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, he has an outlet, you right. know, for whatever that is. Yeah, we had a a guy, it was one of our early episodes, I want to say it was like episode four or something of the podcast. We interviewed a guy, Dave Cat, and he's been all over like um, you know, my strange addiction. He's been on all these TV shows. He is married to a real doll, and then he has two other real dolls that he lives with that's like his polyamorous family. Oh, wow. And it was really interesting talking to him, like hearing about why, you know, he's just like not ever been interested in a human partner, and he's happy, and he can completely separate fantasy from reality. He knows they're not real. Right. But, and he's, he lives a productive life. He has a job. He, you know, he's a normal guy in every other way. And he's just like, this is just my thing. Like, I'm not a weirdo like this. I'm happy. Right. You know, and it's like, who are we to be like, oh, no, you can't have that. He's not hurting anybody. Right, and I, yeah. I, was, I, was, I watched My Strange Addiction, and there was another, I mean, it could be the same guy, but he, he had the sex doll relationship, and he said, like, I had spent, I had spent uh, over $650,000 on uh, all the accessories and outfits and hair changes and upgrades and whatever on my sex doll, and I'm like, well, he's doing better than me, because I don't have $650,000 to spend right? on sex doll, like, he's obviously got the keys to the Golden Castle. Right. Like, let him have fun. Spend right. your money. I, I can't tell however you how to you fuck. Want. I can't yeah. tell you how to fuck if I can't afford to tell you how to fuck. <laughs> right. And and to, to be honest, I would much rather have a world full of people doing, you know, finger quotes, weird things, but being open and well-adjusted about it than a bunch of conservative fucking fuckheads preaching nobody can have the sex they want. And then they're like fucking 15 year old boys in hotel rooms and shit you know what i mean it's Ooh. like we're we're not doing any good repressing our weirdness like Absolutely not. live like let your freak flag fly as long as you're not hurting anybody and you know and this is why i do what i do is because when we live authentically and we're not trying to suppress and hide parts of ourselves it's like you're you weird shit and all you're you you can't change it you can't if i tell you whatever your number one fantasy is you can't have that fantasy anymore it's impossible it's always going to be in your head so you know what find a safe way that's not going to hurt anybody else that's consensual to indulge in it and knock your fucking socks off you're going to be a happier person when you're at work you're going to be a happier person when you're with your family because you're living your authentic life and you're being happy like, why is that a bad thing? So, yeah. That is that's, great. That's why I do what I do. That is fantastic. I can't think of a better, like, closing statement. Sonny, tell these people where they can find you so they can listen to you as much as I do. Awesome. All right. So if you want to hear American Sex Podcast, it is available on all podcasts. There we go. Podcasts. American Sex is available on all podcast platforms, including like iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio and all that stuff. Um, or you can go to AmericanSexPodcast.com if you want to find me. I'm Sunny Megatron. That's S-U-N-N-Y Megatron, just like the, you know, Megatron, the Transformer. Um, so like at tag Sunny Megatron on Twitter and Facebook and all those places. I'm on Snapchat, though, as Sunny underscore Megatron uh, and, uh, or SunnyMegatron.com. 
Nice. Oh, nice. And I got to plug again. Oh. Watch my TV show, Sex with Funny Megatron, on Showtime. You can get it on demand on your little Showtime app. Thank you for listening. If you want to talk to the hosts of the show, follow Fame Black at Fame Black on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You can follow ATDO on Twitter and Instagram at the real ATDO and on Snapchat at ATDO underscore number four real.